Hey there, kids and cadets. It's Tim from the FSF Popcast, and you're listening to the Scarif Podcast, and that's the Scuttlebutt. Hey, it's Dragon Buddy, and you're listening to the Scarif Podcast. That's the Scuttlebutt. Hey, it's Toby One Kenobi. You're listening to the Scarif Podcast, and that's the Scuttlebutt. Hey, this is Todd Hoffman from WSTR Galactic Public Access and Big T Little T Podcast. You're listening to the Scarif Podcast. And that's the Scuttlebutt. Hello, this is Hondo Onaka. You are listening to the Scarif Podcast. And that's the Scuttlebutt. Okay, cut. Who has my credits? I must get going. I'm being chased by the Empire after all. Tune into the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast. Deep dives, geek talk, and an occasional butt. Only on the Red 5 Network. So finally, the question, okay. since you are half of Scarif After Dark, you guys are doing Hotties uh, of Horror next week. Um, I did want to ask you, what are you wearing? <laughs> A shirt? <laughs> This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. Welcome, everybody. That was the stupidest intro what ever. What the hell was that? <laughs> it was fantastic. Uh, lead up. But uh, I did really want to know if you were wearing anything special underneath that wonderful red shirt. But um, we'll Not maybe underneath we'll... it. But yeah, I what mean, is my birthday like? suit is pretty special, I think. Um, <laughs> uh, but, 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 you know, I did dress for the occasion. We're talking Andor, so I wore my Batman tie, and I've even got on Catwoman socks. Ooh. So, yeah, I'm, Ooh, nice. I'm, I'm ready to talk about some Star Wars. So let's do Very this. Very nice. Um, I th- so. Uh-oh. Oh, there he goes. He already, <laughs> no, it's it. It's already a shit well, show. that was fun. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> oh my God. <clears throat> well. Wow. So, how you no, doing? Fabulous wants to see my hairy nipples. Apparently. Okay. So cool. I guess I have to please yeah. the audience here. So. Do you always. <laughs> That's yeah, what's you just get a little pink. YouTube. That's all. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, poor Row. I just want to do one stream from the tub. That's all. I just want to have like one of those little like trays in front of me, and I'll have the laptop on it. I'll I'll put bubbles in. And I'll put them up high. Oh my god! I'll have my rubber this duck. Is epic. Yeah. Four row. Look at him. <laughs> it's the best picture. Ever. <laughs> yeah, well, fun. There he we went go. to go smack all the guests at his house <laughs> for using all the Wi-Fi. I got you, oh, fabulous. Man. I'll I'll send you that pic later, buddy. Oh, geez. Maybe this, a couple more. This isn't Scarif After Dark. <laughs> well, apparently Ro thought we were this week anyway, so let's do this. Yeah, it's true. Which, by the way, correction, I do not think Blake is on tonight. I think he might be. Okay, well, then I don't LG, know. I confirm it. Can. LG, confirm it. Let us know. see it on the promo. Master yes, of the wrench. We're going to cause YouTube to explode next Saturday. 
Mm-hmm. And we have a couple of little surprises in store. So it should be fun. Yeah, you and got a little we'll precursor. Yeah, yeah. You got a little precursor of the banning earlier today when you were on Fulcrum. So yes, I was on Fulcrum. Yeah, I was on Fulcrum earlier talking about Andor. And unfortunately, <laughs> those poor guys, they got timed out by YouTube because they were even, showing too much footage. Even the internet hates Andor. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <gasps> what? How dare you? I heard a beep. Poor Wow. That was a big hiccup. Did you tell everyone there to turn their Wi-Fi off on their phones? Yeah, it's funny. So bad. Um, what'd you guys talk yeah, about? You covered. Did you finish? Josh got naked. Oh, yeah. I missed that. <sighs> and then we ate pickles and ice cream. It was wonderful. Showed it all. Showed it all. Very nice. Yeah. Pickles and ice cream. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like rubbing it on my yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh god. What the hell is that? <laughs> yeah. You're fine. Big old dill pickle about that big around. Yeah. All right. So sorry about that. Uh little uh snafu there. I think some Ewoks got into the wiring there. Mm-hmm. No, some porgs. Yeah, some porgs. Oh. Yeah. The porgs alone. Um, thank you guys for uh, coming on to the chat. And um, it's funny; it, it seems weird. I feel like I'm I'm on Scarif After Dark with you guys. <laughs> Do you want me to change my background? <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. You're good. You're good. So um, I wanted to play. I, I had posted um, earlier a, a post on Twitter that I wanted to play Devil's Advocate. I know, you know, if you guys have seen our show already, we are a couple weeks into Andor. You guys know that we like it. We uh, are enjoying it pretty much and um it's uh it's some pretty good star wars in our in our book um but i know a lot of people um that um that don't uh aren't really into it i know the show has been described as uh super slow um for some people and um i just wanted i wanted to acknowledge that and i wanted to maybe talk a little bit about that maybe later on in the show but i do want to kind of pick up some of the um uh kind of our, our our take on this last episode called the eye and um first of all i know josh you are you're like one of those people that uh aren't digging it too much just say I, it say I, it I, I, think, <laughs> I think i i i sent you to go watch resistance instead of instead of andor and yeah. uh, and, and it was much. that was that was my second watch through it was fantastic yes thank you i appreciate that refresher on what a wonderful show that was but i wanted to ask you um and we'll get into it what is what are some of the things that are turning you off um about the show Uh, it's a complicated question sure Uh, sure nothing is necessarily turning me off about the show Mm -hmm. I, i guess my biggest issue with it i mean yes there's the shills right but you know, I don't know. I can't. But anyway, um, but yeah. But and that's fine. You guys, you you like the character. You're interested in the story. You want to see something new and fresh, and 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 that's fine. Um, and it is a a different take on Star Wars. Um, it is much more adult and serious. Um, and and again, that's fine. And then there are the haters that say it's slow and it's boring and nothing's happening and blah blah blah. I'm not in either camp. I'm just kind of meh. Okay, like I, I, I'm not invested in Cassian. I was not impressed with the character in Rogue One. Um, to me, he just seemed like kind of that generic 
angst-ridden, angry rebel that's been driven to the cause his whole life. And, you know, the hero, Jen, helps him come around and realize that there's still hope in the galaxy. Um, and it was just, it was very cliche. And it was kind of like, okay, well, that's cool. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I feel like Diego did a fantastic job with the character. Um, I have no no issue with his performance at all. Um, and And I do appreciate many of the scenes that he's involved in. I just was never invested in the character. Um, so for me going in, I was just kind of, I just didn't care. I just was more interested in watching more Star Wars content. Um, and I'm still not finding myself caring. Um, the part that I was most interested in was learning more about Mon Mothma um, and and my boy Perrin here. There we go, I pointed to the right spot. But, uh, you know, and, and we've gotten a couple little snippets, but, you know, nothing major. And so I'm, I'm just finding myself kind of along for the ride and not not really caring one way or another what happens. Um, because, I mean, they're going through this formula where every few episodes is basically a small story arc. Like, it's almost as if it's uh, Clone Wars or Rebels or something where they'll have a few episodes that tell a little story that involve new characters and then our hero shifts to the next bunch of new characters and maybe later down the road they'll come back around um but uh yeah for the breathe. most part I find breathe. it I find yeah, it no. just breathe I find it generic and contrived so there you go you're generic and contrived <laughs> it's like he's um he's like a politician like that's how politicians talk. I can't find like when I edit a politician in in news, I can't find a spot where where they have a natural pause, and I'm like, shut up already. He does. And that, yeah, no, that's I'll fine. That's fine. All right, you, you can, can leave breathe. now. Um, so you no know, hate, just. Yeah, I know you. I know I you called us. I know you called us shills, and I know a lot of people in the chat. Well, some people in the chat. Well, one person in the chat has called me um, uh, shill for the most part. Um, but I, I, I did cash my Disney check, <laughs> and I transferred the credits to um, to some uh, Imperial uh, credits here. So I'm I'm very happy about that. Um, Shanti, I'm sure you did as well. So thank you for that. Welcome. But. Um, some of the things that you mentioned, I, you know, I, I totally understand it's neither here nor there, but I think for me, and, you know, we've talked about this ad nauseum already. Um, yeah, this, you know, Andor is, is very, very different. I know, uh, you know, some of my friends, um, are telling me like, eh, this is not really star Wars. I'm like, this, this is, this is star Wars on steroids for me. Um, you know, for, for many, many reasons. Um, the show's gorgeous. Uh, I mean, I, I cannot fault the production on it in any capacity. whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, uh, that, that's the other thing too. And, you know, coming out of some of the other shows, um, I'm trying not to compare, you know, some of the other shows because a lot of people like, were like saying, you know, why do you have to put the other shows down to bring this one up? And, I'm not really doing that, but it, it's it's kind of obvious how, well, how different the Book of Boba Fett looks versus this show. Um, there are some very significant differences between the look of, of both of those shows. I mean, even, you know, I, like even a little bit of, you know, Mandalorian also, 
Um, but I think Mandalorian is probably the second I, I would have to, if I would have to rank all of the star Wars right now, Andor for me is up on top. Mandalorian is the second and then the rest of them, whatever you can. Uh, I mean, I would, I would say book of Boba is kind of an outlier though. I mean, I, I felt like the production on Kenobi was solid for the most part. Yeah. Um, and with, with Mandalorian, I mean, I understand the first season, it was the first time they'd done live action Star Wars and they, they were experimenting with new visual effects and, and they needed to try to keep things somewhat contained. And, right. um, so it did, it did feel very closed in, like it was a set most of the time. Um, but it still, you could see the quality there. And then the second season, you know, jumped by leaps and bounds. And then I really feel this third season will be on the same caliber as Andor. I just think they needed to get to that point. Uh, Book of Boba Fett, I blame that on the showrunner. I feel like it's all about Robert Rodriguez's desire to pay homage to filmmaking and tropes that he grew up with. And, and I'm all for that as long as it's not at the detriment of the, the storytelling. And, and that's not what Star Wars is here for. It's not here for you to pay tribute to Clash of the Titans and all the other random things that influenced you growing up. Um, so he ended up making the show look cheap based on the way that um, he wanted to depict it. Yeah. And I, you know, I would love, I'm, I, I love the behind the scenes stuff and to be a fly on the wall in, in those meetings to try to figure out like, well, you know, what, what made them decide to do that versus, you know, go all out on Andor. And I think Andor probably was started, you know, early on. I mean, they yeah. were talking about this, yeah. like what, you know, they announced this project. Ago. Yeah. Like right, really. Right, yeah. Early. Yeah. Um, and I know they had to wait for Diego Luna to finish uh, Narcos, um, but there was a lot of planning involved. Uh, the Gilroys actually created a, a, a Bible, a book um, that had a lot of, you know, looks and art, you know, whatever, whatever they do uh, to kind of plan out, uh, you know, stories. You know, the one thing that I would say um, is, and Shanti, I was talking to you earlier about this. Um, I really feel like this show should have been released in chunks of, of three episodes, like the first, like the premiere, mm -hmm. because you, you can really see the, the arc. Yeah, the little story the arcs. Yeah. Yeah. And then at the end of this one, at the end of the eye, again, you can tell that, oh, there's there's a very interesting story that's being played out here in these three episodes and really looking forward to, you know, the, the second half. Um, if I if I were to bet, you know, I think we're going to start to see a little bit more um, not action, but just a little bit more stuff that maybe people want to see. I mean, I'm very interested, like you said, in the Mon Mothma relationship between, you know, between her and the early rebels and the Senate and like what's going on in the galaxy overall. You know, we get thrusted in the original trilogy. We got thrust into this story that was greater than all the characters. You're, you are, you are, you know, you get shoved into the story that is very dependent on like world destroying stories, um, Skywalker's, uh, you know, good versus evil. But, you know, Andor is very different. Um, Andor is about the, the common man and um, there's no Jedi. There's no lightsabers. Nobody's using the force. It's um, you know, we, we, we talked about the galaxy being like a small place. Everybody knows each other. But here we are in a position to really be on the outskirts of the galaxy and really see what the rest of the galaxy is doing, how they are reacting to the Empire. And we know what's going on during this time frame. But I'm really getting a kick out of seeing 
just the the normal Joe. You know, how is uh, how are they being um, affected by the rise of of this evil empire? Well, that's actually one of my issues with the show is I feel like, yes, we're supposed to be seeing kind of what the rest of the galaxy is experiencing. But one of the I mean, yes, the show is very grounded in reality as much as a show about a galaxy far, far away can be um, almost to the point where it's it's, it's like a um, Christopher Nolan or Matt Reeves directed it or something like that. Um, but it also I feel like to a certain extent can be to its detriment because the rest of the galaxy to me is a very wide variety of different alien life and stuff. And where are they? How many actual aliens have we seen in the in the series? How many droids have we seen in the series? I'm not even going to get on stormtroopers. Um, but, you know, I mean, honestly, and I don't need stormtroopers for it to be Star Wars, but I'm just saying there are certain elements that are part of Star Wars that are what helps transport you away from your own reality. And I think that it's very much lacking those things. And for me, Star Wars is pure escapism. And this show does not provide that for me. Too many humans. Too many humans? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and, and the internet's making it all about different races and blah, blah, blah. To me, the humans are the humans. And they're not even really humans, the Terrans or whatever you want to call them. Like, mm -hmm. th those people are just them. And then there's all the other creatures of the galaxy. And race has nothing to do with it. So I don't even understand why that's even brought up. But part of it could be because there's such a focus on just the human life in this galaxy and there's we're missing the diversity of star wars so people are now focusing on the diversity of real life that we find in what we're seeing um i uh i hear some internet uh hiccups so i hope that uh i don't lose ev everybody again but if i do i will uh i'll hit the refresh as hard as i can to try to get back uh get back here um but okay yeah sure um let's get uh let's get into the actual episode um sith care bear uh josh you saw it like seven times right oh yeah yeah eight actually yeah. <laughs> but um i i josh... watched it once in like three different sittings because i kept falling asleep during it not because it was boring but it was because it was like three in the morning when i'd start watching it um and or shill number one i'm yes. going to ask you um mm. what are your overall thoughts on this episode the eye it's the uh the final installment of the second little arc um what is up with that i loved it i really did and the reason what such a chill Josh. answer such yeah. a chill answer not i loved it because of blah 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 blah, and this and this and it really made me appreciate blah, blah, let her blah, talk just, damn it i, I dare loved you. it no you said enough i'm surprised you haven't she passed talks out. enough on our show okay oh my god <laughs> that is not true anyway um so <laughs> no 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 really honestly i loved it and one of the things that i had said on fulcrum when i was on here before was i know everyone keeps saying that it's boring and this and that but again this is where i like the payoff you know we had these first five episodes that it felt like it was building towards something and then finally we went ahead and got this episode and we climaxed and i loved it and i thought it was great i thought it got they finally gave us the action Didn't that everybody has been looking for. And, but we still got a little bit of that spy feel because we still had to watch them, you know, infiltrate everything and, you know, head over there and, you know, all in disguise. So I feel like this was finally a good combination of, sure. of both things. Yeah. So I like Mission I Impossible it. too. Yeah. So, you know what? Suck it, Josh. <laughs> God. Um, 
Yeah, you know, the the um the argument that it's boring um is uh is is interesting to me because I I mean I, I don't find it boring at all. I think I don't know. Me neither. Um the um you know, I, I feel that the writing is of a quality that we have not gotten in a Star Wars. I think um and you you said it before, you know, it's 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 a very adult Star Wars for me. It's a very adult storytelling. The dialogue is 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 pretty good. Um the um the thing that keeps me interested and you know obviously we are in a in the star wars world so i'm i'm comfortable being in this space um it 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 it, it does feel different but for me it it feels a good different mm -hmm. um i think we were with with some of this older uh, or some of these previous shows we were getting too comfortable with it being a um, a show that really was, I guess, I don't know, trying to to recapture a certain aspect of the wonderment of a seven-year-old watching a movie. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, obviously I'm not seven years old anymore. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons that I, I'm enjoying Andor at this point. And I know, Josh, you and I have had conversations about um, – about Star Wars just being for um, the young at mind, you know, there's, there's hope, there's, uh, you know, hope for the future, there's lessons to be learned. And I, I and I get your point 100%. Um, but I think that, um, that the writing in this show has been so interesting to me, the characters are, are, are interesting. And it's obviously it's only the halfway through of season one, I can't wait to see where the rest of this leads. Um, I mean, despite the fact that I find the actual story itself somewhat generic and something we've seen before, um, it is very well packaged. It's all extremely well written. And, and what you were saying earlier, the fact that, you know, Diego was busy on Narcos and they had to kind of delay production and everything. I think that that should be a lesson to Disney. Um, the biggest issue that they've had from the start is their need to spit out content in mass amount. Um, and and it's it's. To the detriment of the story um it, it's we're losing the um the well thought out plot lines and and dialogue and and story craftsmanship um that i do see in this in this show i don't find it slow or boring i do appreciate that they are taking their time and that there's a a very specific pace to it that allows you to really kind of soak in what's going on um and and it's not like playing a video game it's not like each scene is the next level um and until the boss battle at the end it, it's um you know it, it does it is obvious that they're trying to tell a story and i do appreciate that and it's important that they had the time to tell it um and hopefully they will take more time in the future with other projects you know, the one thing that I will say is that episode, what is it? Episode four and five um, almost seemed very similar. Um, yeah. You know, not a lot of things, not a lot of, of stuff happened. Um, and I think episode four and five should have been clumped together. But, you know, overall, I think I, I think this is structured as a three episode story arc. Um And it's, you know, it's again, it's, it's hard to gauge on this single episode, you know, weekly drop. Um but um, let me see here. I'm actually available. Now. I'm reading some of the comments in here. Um, I know Joker voice gets on my ass for um, for liking this for whatever reason. Um, he says that I've lost the meaning of Star Wars. Um, 
And I understand the Star Wars is to inspire and tap into the childlike wonder and awe. But, um, you know, sometimes it tells a different story. And I think the Star Wars of yesteryear um, definitely, um, definitely was all about that. But I think when, uh, if you continue to be the same Star Wars for the next 50 years, mm -hmm. I don't know if Star Wars will survive. I mean, you just, Josh, you just said that it's a contrived story. It's something that we've seen, uh, you know, in the past. What but all stories are that way. I mean, at this right. point, every every story that can be told has been told in one form or another. It's just about how you package it. And I do feel like this is very well crafted. It's very well packaged and produced. It, it it's interesting to watch. It's 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 good, but it's just not something that I'm I'm not invested in it. I guess is my biggest issue. Um, the few things that I'm interested in and want to be invested in. Uh, there's not enough of and the thing that i'm least invested in there's too much of um however i will say this i hated ahsoka tano at the beginning of clone wars I, everybody by, did and by and by the end you know all that r2e sky guy garbage but by the end of it she became one of my favorite characters in the entire canon so maybe this will do that for me for for cassian we'll see i'm still hopeful i'm gonna finish the show maybe at the end i'll have a different opinion on it Maybe and this, that, this buildup will have the payoff that I'm hoping sure. for. And I think that's another inherent danger about reviewing uh, an entire series one episode at a time. Um, we don't get to see the big picture. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's possible. Um, but, you know, if you're sitting here and watching only three episodes and you say, I hate this freaking show. I mean, you're, you're not really. You yeah, know, you haven't gotten the whole story. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But, My uh, thing is to what you were saying, Ro, about you know, getting the same stuff over and over again. And if we keep doing the same thing for the next 50 years, I kind of agree with that. Cause look how many people are already saying that even Marvel itself is becoming too stale, too much stale and too much like a formula. And you know what I mean? So that's, that's why I'm okay with this show. And, and again, I have to bring it up. I mean, I want to know how often people go back and watch the original trilogy over and over and the prequels and stuff like that, you know, because when I look at the prequels still two out of those three movies, do they really give you childhood wonderment when so much of the prequels is about politics, politics and stuff like that? So again, how childlike really is Star Wars? So that's why I don't have a problem with this. You know, I mean, I think the original trilogy is the only thing to me that still gives me that tingle <laughs> goosebumps you know what i mean sure. i you know I'm, i i don't really expect that anything going forward because you're not going to capture lightning twice in a bottle right. it's not going to happen right and you know i think um joker boys at this point said that the story is boring you know one of the things that um i do feel that is inherent in a lot of streaming shows and um, which is a little different than the 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 shows that we grew up with on broadcast television where it was you know it was a weekly you know it's a weekly show um but i think nowadays the streaming um properties there's still i feel like they're still like learning how to tell a story episodically i think sometimes sometimes like like I said earlier, two episodes could be one. 
Um, sometimes they rush through it and I still feel like, like there's still like some sort of like learning curve to try and like space it out in, in a, in a good way. Um, that yeah. will, you know, that will make, maybe make it less boring or maybe make it a little bit more impactful for someone like you, Josh, that are just not really invested in, in the characters. Um, but... I want my space wizards and laser swords, damn it. <sighs> and I feel like to reduce Star Wars to just that right. makes it, but, you know what I mean? But for me, that's what, that's what no, I love I understand. the most about No, it. I get it. I get it. That's that's what, that's what force, it means to you. you know? No, and I do as well. I mean, I, I won't lie. Yes, it is kind of strange to see a Star Wars project where there are no lightsabers involved or the Force, but you don't really get that much either in Rogue One except for... You get enough. Yeah, but no one's actually using the force. Yes, there's talk about it and embracing it and believing in it, but you you don't really get any of that in Rogue One. And again, to to Rose's point about dropping the episodes, you know what? Streaming is a new, still somewhat of a relatively new thing, but you know what? Since you have the freedom now to do so much because of streaming, don't follow the formula anymore. If If your show, you know, is dependent on you dropping a certain amount of episodes at the same time, then do it that way. If you need to drop two this week because it's going to make sense, do it. And then, uh, you know, the next three weeks is one a week, then do it. Just stop following, you know, how things used to be a pattern. You know, if, if the story needs to be dropped all at once, drop it all at once. If it can benefit from a weekly thing, keep it weekly. Rewrite the rules. Who cares? It's that's the brilliance of streaming is they yeah, don't have to adhere to any rules. It's something completely exactly. new. Their 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 mindset is stuck anymore. in that yeah, that like yeah, it's no. network television no. and it's not crash that. Just they can literally do whatever that. they want. Break that mold. It's, it's a place for that experimentation, in my opinion. So break that mold. Do whatever you want. You know, it's interesting because we um, I'm seeing a lot of chatter in the in the uh, chat, and um, I do also see it online and with um, with discussions with my friends and coworkers and stuff, you know, it all comes down to the question of what makes a star Wars, a star Wars. I mean, Josh, you were talking about force users and lightsabers and you want your, your Jedi's to be present. Um, but I, you know, I, I, I want to say that it's a very personal thing when it comes to, you know, what, what What do I like to see? What connects to you? Um, and for me, you know, besides the child wonderment, besides that jaw-dropping imagery that I saw as a seven-year-old when that Star Destroyer came overhead, um, I think for me, Star Wars really is just all about, you know, rich characters, rich environment, and the situations that these characters find themselves in. And, and see, yeah, that's what I feel like this show is lacking, is that rich character environment. Like, I, I feel like everything is just very four walls and and some people um in some generic cosplay star wars stuff um i mean it doesn't look poor quality but again i want that diverse star wars world and i'm not really seeing it in in i will say it doesn't have that um that finding your family feeling which is what i had always liked about star wars you know both all three han leia and luke find you know find their own little family unit and we're not getting that part of it yet but at the same point for his sister though he is looking for a sister but that's as far as it goes 
she hasn't been mentioned already mm-hmm. in a while. But at the same point, again, I kind of already went into the show thinking this is going to be very born identity. This is going to be very much a spy type thriller type show. So I can't expect those things. I can't expect the family aspect of it. And again, since Rogue One didn't really delve into that kind of stuff, and this is a spinoff of Rogue One, then no, I'm not going to go into it expecting Jedi. Honestly, if this is five years before A New Hope, should we even really be seeing Jedi anyway? So then I'm not going to expect to see them in Andor. No. Right. Let alone in a lightsaber. And again, I'm not expecting just, to see that. I just I'm, want more of the expect- fantasy of it. That's all. And I and I get that, but that's not what this plot is about. This is about infiltrating the empire. This is about starting the rebellion. And right now, at this point, the rebellion doesn't involve Jedi. It doesn't involve the fantastical aspect of it. So I'm not going to expect that. So. You know, the the um, the family aspect that you mentioned, it, it is really, really prevalent and heavy in The Mandalorian, obviously, mm-hmm. with Grogu and, and Din Djarin. Yeah. Um, it is very heavy in, um, in Rebels. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very heavy in, you know, to some degree in The Clone Wars. It's very heavy, obviously, in The Bad Batch because Even these are... Yeah, and um, even Rogue One was about family. I mean, oh, it, it was, was very much about yeah. Jen and her father. Together, and, yeah, yeah. But you know, I I feel you know halfway through season one, I think you know we will be. I I, I feel like we'll find family. We're we're we're, we're starting to find family. I this think is we'll the, get there. This is yeah. We'll 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 get there. I think you That's know. That's what these story arcs are: is introducing yeah. the pieces of that family that come together, together in the end. Like this yeah. is doing yeah. a better job than Suicide Squad. You know what I mean? Like we're yeah. giving we're being given a time and and a chance to see these different people interacting with each other, and then sure. finally we'll get to it where they all band together. And to see what they mean to Cassian as well, right. and exactly. and to each other, and I, to you each know, other, yeah. We're yeah. we're you know th- this is I, I feel like this right now is a character study on on all these these characters. You know, we we uh, we see them. We're, we're obviously they're they're t- they're talking a lot in the mountains, but we're getting we're getting like juicy tidbits of what motivates them. And I think, right. um, I think once we get that from Cassian you know, our eyes are really going to open up like, you know, okay, this, you know, Cassian's on this mission. He's getting paid. He really has no loyalties. He's trying to look for his sister, but for the most part, he's like stagnant right now. And I think we, um, in this episode in particular, we are starting to get um, some hints as to how Cassian's going to react to all of this. You know, he's got Nemec's manifesto that was given to him. He's going to probably read through it. And probably absorb some some ideology with with that. He's going to try and find, um, you know. I'm hoping that he'll go back and find his sister. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see what happens with that. Um, you know, the first three episodes we see um, his mother, so obviously he's going to come back to that. So it's like right now, it's like all over the place. You know, we talk about the hero's journey, and and this is his hero's journey of searching for himself by leaving you know, everything that he knows and he's going to have to come back to that to deal with it um, because of all the experiences that he has faced. 
And that's one of the and things I, I liked yeah. about the first three episodes, the end of the third episode, when it kept going between the shot of him as a child on the ship leaving and him as an adult leaving, because it was definitely kind of showing that once again in his life, he's he's starting anew and he's moving on to a completely new experience and adventure and a new family and a new life. And um, and it was it was really exciting to see where it was going to go next. I will give it that. I mean, yeah. I've compared him to what Jen Erso was essentially like at the beginning of Rogue One. You know, he's all about himself. He he he's, he hasn't fed into what the rebellion is all about yet. He has no hope or anything like that. So obviously, eventually he gets there because he's fighting the cause with them in, in Rogue One, you know. So it's just all about having patience and i know melanie and i have expressed this before i think streaming i think i blame netflix i do i think it has definitely uh ruined that for people and we have lost our patience and i don't even see this as a slow burn it just take your time enjoy the ride and you know if we're getting a great show here i'm sorry i i, I agree with Roe. i put this above mando right now again i'm waiting for season three so i might be jumping the gun I will put it above Mando on production, but I'm not going to put it above Mando on the story. Okay, that's fair. Not yet. That's fair. Not yet. That's completely fair. You're still fired. <laughs> I said not yet. Okay. That gave no, you know, I'm just really season, happy it's 24 episodes. I, yeah, um, season three of Mando looks pretty wicked um, yeah, from the trailer that we saw. So, you know, I, I do believe that they are, you know, stepping up production on all the shows. I can't can't wait to uh oh my lightsaber fell oh no oh, save it. my lightsaber falls <laughs> um uh what was i saying yeah no you know i i um you know it's interesting too to, to really find out if covid really had any overall um effect on the production of like all the shows. I mean, obviously the volume, yeah, the volume had its, um, its advantages where, you know, you can shoot for 12 hours in the same sunlight. I mean, that obviously saves money and saves time of, you know, picking up all your gear and going on location. But, you know, I don't know, you can't substitute going on location as we see from Andor. I think um, Andor is, uh, is being presented in the best way possible um it's cinematic in scope mm -hmm. and um it just you know i haven't seen anything i've not I, seen a single well, shot that wasn't film quality with and or yeah, i really. don't feel like they've shot it at a disney theme park yeah and yeah. that is yeah, what like yeah, look, no. it looks like galaxy's edge and <laughs> having been to galaxy's edge it is definitely reminiscent of that and Andor looks nothing like this it is yeah, yeah. gorgeous let's um let's get down to some details on the um episode here um what are some of the character points or what are some of the um the standout moments for you uh shanti with this last episode on uh, andor oh a standout um <laughs> it does sound so silly about it but again I like the whole less is more thing. So in the same way that people, some people have been saying, you know, where the stormtroopers and stuff like that, it's still one of my favorite mo moments was seeing the pilots <laughs> load up into the, uh, yeah. the tie fighters. Like yes. that really just got me super excited and jazzed up. And I just, I also just liked, um, 
again, something else I mentioned on Fulcrum. We were talking about uh, the officer who actually had his wife and his child taken hostage. And I actually liked that moment because up until that point, yes, he thought he was a dick and this and that. And I actually liked seeing that little bit of a human moment from him where like, please, just I'll give you whatever you want. Don't harm my child. Don't harm my wife. And I got to say, that was a really epic scene for me because seeing a blaster like literally right up against right up against the head of a child, <laughs> I was like, wow, yeah, Disney's really going there. So those were like, yeah, two moments that really stuck out for me. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I appreciated that he never... He never turned on them. I kept waiting for that moment where he was going to mm -hmm. try to screw them over somehow. And he just, he kept doing what he needed to do in order to keep his family safe, you know, until yeah. he had a heart attack. Um, but, I know, uh, my God. Poor guy. Like, I almost felt bad for him. At yeah, the end. yeah. You know, one of the um, one of the cool things about this, uh, you know, even the Empire, the, the, uh, the officers seem to have some, you know, human moments. Um, you know, from simply just sitting there drinking their Starbucks to what you just mentioned, um, Shanti. So, uh, it's, um, it's interesting to, to see all of that, uh, come to play. Um, uh, Josh, some, uh, points for you, uh, some of the things that you liked in this episode. Um, well, the the scene that Shanti was talking about with the TIE fighters, that, that whole sequence when they're going up into the eye and using the, the navigational, the old nav tech that they talked about in previous episodes about, you know, to navigate through it and the, the TIE fighters are getting busted up like that. Everything about that felt like Star Wars. Um, and, and I do want more of that. That did get me kind of. Like, like okay this is this is what i'm what i'm looking for um and it's not again it's not about the rest of it feeling boring it's not even about the excitement it's just about the chemistry of the moment uh, there were so many little things within that whole sequence that that made it feel like star wars i love just seeing literally seeing the tie fighter pilots just getting into the tie fighters was just awesome and then seeing them just kind of drop and launch off like i mean it just Felt like that, you know, that was the parts of Star Wars I wanted to see, you know, um, more of the inner workings of it all. Like, how do they get into the ship? <laughs> you know, um, so, you know, I just I, I thought that was uh, just a really cool moment. Um, I really liked the lieutenant in this in this episode, um, the guy that was you know helping them infiltrate. Um, I really just loved how he continued to play the part until he didn't need to anymore. And then he was just like, screw you guys. And even right. when his boss tried to buck up to him, he was like, I, you know, I've, I've been dealing with your ass for seven years. I'm that's enough torture for me. I'd rather hang, you know? Um, and, and I really appreciated the realness from that character in that moment. And, and again, all the performances are always just really on point for me. Um, and the little bit that we saw Stellan Skarsgård in was just, such an impactful moment. I mean, you could re you really felt the tingle of, you know, the explosion is about to happen, you know, um, you know, the, the, the spark of the rebellion has been lit. So, um, you know, hopefully this is the, the teetering point into something that people are going to find more appealing um, as far as Star Wars is concerned. You said it's the, uh, the spark. Um, I wanted to ask you guys what you think the eye refers to. Besides, I think obviously, you know, they talked about that celestial um, event that everybody came, you know, did the pilgrimage to the temple to see the, the lights in the sky. Um, 
But other than that, what do you what do you feel the eye represents? I was I was listening to another podcast um, and they were talking a little bit about it, but I wanted to see if maybe you guys can come up with uh, something on your own. And then I'll tell you what uh, what I was hearing. Well, I've, seen, I've, I've seen I've seen Lord of the Rings. It's 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 Sauron, right? No. Oh my God, <laughs> it's the Bifrost. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, it's the Rainbow Bridge. Um, I Light, don't know. Um, hope. Yeah, I mean, it did feel like the the Force to a certain extent. You know, it was the the feeling that there's a greater power. The the it kind of puts things in perspective for those that are watching this moment. Um, and I think that it was important that the audience see that moment too, which is why they made a point to show it to us very vividly um, is because it was to remind us that there is a greater power out there. There is something bigger that's driving and orchestrating everything that's happening in this galaxy far, far away. And, and in many ways it it's hope. Um, so yeah, I thought it was a beautiful moment. You know, to me, um, the eye when you think of the eye you think of a storm and when you're in the center of the storm that's the calm it's the quiet part um of 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 a storm all hell breaks loose from that point on and i feel like towards the end you know everybody in the senate they were getting you know their beepers were going off the the holonet was all a buzz um, and I, I almost feel like this is the first major hit against the empire and everyone in the Senate is like, oh my God, what is, what is happening? Mm -hmm. And, um, and I, I would have to go back and, and see what the timeline is because I know there are all other rebel cells, um, that have hit the empire, but for some reason, this feels like the very first time it has, um, it has happened. Um, I know Saw Gerrera is around and he has also hit the empire hard and he's been hitting, you know, the empire hard since, you know, he lost his, you know, sister in, in the Clone Wars episode. Um, so that there's, you know, there's that, uh, you know, kind of, uh, I don't know if it's a discrepancy or, or if I'm reading too much into it, but I do feel like this is like the very beginning of, uh, of turmoil in the galaxy. This is the very beginning of, of, uh, the rebellion or not the rebellion as a an organized um entity but little cells just attacking and i think this will be the spark that other cells will hear and say wait if they could do it we can do so it. can we it so can mm -hmm. we i find that interesting me too it's gonna have a domino effect mm -hmm. yeah yeah yep. um real fast i know somebody had mentioned my best car this is uh, some wonderful best car given to me by our buddy, our friend, uh, JTA, Rob, Jedi Temple Archives. Oh. They're, they're beautiful. Got that at ScarifCon. Rob. Woohoo. <laughs> um, it's because he's such a mean guy, right? That's what. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's all a farce. It's an act. It is an act. Um left the chat joker voice see you later thanks for stopping by and arguing with us <laughs> um we'll see lunar girl says it's also a play on words the eye of the storms of center this is mitzi yeah definitely yeah no yeah it totally makes sense i totally agree with that um it's the eye you know, of Perrin. it's the eye Shut of Perrin. Up. oh my god 
You know, this is interesting. This is an interesting comment from Tina because I was thinking of the same thing. You know, now the hunt for the rebellion begins on a large scale. And I think, you know, and this, now you're gonna see oh, stormtroopers. Yeah. 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 This continues the um my idea that a Death Star is necessary. And obviously they've already been working on the Death Star, but when they use the Death Star against Alderaan, you know, later on, mm-hmm. it it will put the galaxy on notice. Um yeah. I think we're going to see a lot more skirmishes um, or at least hear a, about a lot more skirmishes. Obviously we know that Saw Gerrera gets, um, you know, thrust into the story here. Um, I'm hoping that we see him. I thought he was going to pop up in this episode. Um, I had done some predictions on my own, which didn't come to pass, but um, I'm hoping that we see um, Saw Gerrera soon because you're talking about someone who is um, more destructive um, from the point of view of the rebels that they don't want anything to do with him. He is like too extreme. And we saw that obviously in rebels, um, their interaction or his interaction with Mon Mothma. And I can't wait to get a live interaction um, of that caliber. Um, That's, that's going to be great. Do you think he's going to interact with Cassian? Um, uh, if not directly, indirectly, I think, you know, uh, originally, well, I was going to say, do you think they'll draw parallels on the characters? Because both of them have been driven to this war their entire life. Both of them lost a sister. Um, yeah, it's, it's different, you know, it's different for saw, you know? Yeah. They, we don't know under what circumstances Cassian lost his sister. Um, oh yeah. I mean, he was, he was ripped away. kidnapped. Um, and as far as we know, his sister's still alive, but, um, saw Guerrero's sister is not. And he saw, he saw it happen. Um, so it's a little bit more, but that the fact that she's still alive could drive, you know, it could make saw kind of connect with Cassian in a way that other characters might not be able to. And it maybe, maybe, maybe make saw want to help him because he still has hope to find his sister and, and have the life that saw could never have. So sure. And I can see them drawing some parallel and I hope, you know, I really do hope that they are, um, you know, comparing notes with some of the stuff that we've already seen, especially with, with saw as a character. Um, you know, he, he pops up in, in novels too. So it would be really great to kind of continue that thread of having saw and his partisans be part of this, uh, uprising, that uh you know sets the stage at least in live action to um you know to 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 show i guess a wider audience because i know a lot not a lot not everybody watches the animation but we're here you know i i think i think we're um we're on the cusp of something pretty amazing with these characters um now that we've been introduced and obviously we know the sagarera is going to show up eventually um, but I'm really, I'm really excited, um, for that in- interaction. I don't like Saw. I don't like Saw either. <laughs> At least let he won't be as beat up and broken. No. Yeah. Let me ask you why. Jen. Josh, what? let me ask you why, why don't you like Saw? That same kind of very generic character to me. I just don't find anything new and interesting in that character um like i i I don't know i i understand that they're angry and they're driven and blah 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 but i just meh you know i don't know he's just kind of there for me he's uh, to me i see him more as a um a 
uh, well, as a as a way to progress the story, he's a plot device, not so yeah. much an actual character. So you know, we'll see. You're well, yeah, he's it. so extreme for no he's reason. Way too extreme for me. Yeah, he's like screw everybody, even the people that want to help him. So I mean, I don't have time for that guy. Although I did enjoy uh, him being brought to life by Forrest Whitaker. Sure. Oh yeah, yeah Forrest Whitaker I mean, is a fantastic I, actor. You know what I mean? So yeah. I actually like him more in the little tidbit that we got of him in Rogue One than I did in, in the animated. I can see that if that's the case, then they succeeded because they certainly do not like Saul at yeah. all. Yeah, and uh, I just, you know, to me, I I find Saw intriguing because he's so extreme. I mean, you've got um, you've got historical figures that are similar in tactics when it comes to trying to affect change. But those um, people are usually tyrants and dictators, not the hero of the story. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. you know, the, the hero of the story depends on who's telling the story, you know, yeah, sometimes historically. So we are, you know, he is uh, he's got his motivations, um, you know whether they're right or wrong, whether his methods are, are, are noble or not, you know, he, he does have his motivations. You know, we talked about this in uh, Brad and I, during the episode on, on bad guys, you know, bad guy doesn't think he's a bad guy. He just has right, motivations yeah. and he's going to go through and try to, to, to do the best he can. Um, but sometimes a bad guy can just be a bad guy. I think that yeah. too often these days, it's all about relating to the, the villain and sometimes it's okay to just hate the villain because it's yeah. the villain yeah absolutely you know what's the point of having a hero if if in the end you're gonna be like well they're just misunderstood you know, right no it's one's exactly, the hero it's exactly what yeah. we talked about in that episode um but yeah i mean but you know saw is um I don't know i i find him intriguing i i find him um you know a a, a blunt uh, you know tool in, 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 you know, it's like using a blunt tool on a very, you know, specific operation. Um, but I find it that, and of course he's a plot device. I think every character in any story is a plot device. You have to, you know, I guess, figure out what the storytellers are telling you with this character. Um, but, um, I think, you know, we saw a little bit of, uh, of that dynamic in rogue one where, um, what's his name? Draven uh, was in cahoots with Cassian saying, you know, I know what you heard back there in the meeting, but our objective is if you find, uh, if you find the, the engineer, just kill him, you know, um, Jen Erso, if you find, uh, uh, Jen Erso's Galen. father, Galen. Galen, you know, don't bring him in, just kill him. And I think, you know, do we feel the same way about Draven for giving that order? Is he the same, you know, um, type of, uh, you know, bad rebel character as Saw? I would, say, I would say given the level of information that he had at that time, all he knew was that Galen Erso helped them build a, a, right. a machine right. that could destroy a planet. So mm -hmm. to them, he's the bad guy. And any way that they could potentially stop the completion of the uh, the Death Star is, is a win. So right. I just think that they saw that as an easy out. Um, I didn't feel like they real well, they didn't realize at that point that there was more that they could get from him and that he had actually really helped them a lot. Um, I mean, it's kind of what the whole story is about is that realization and then that small band being willing to take the next step to actually achieve the mission. So 
Yeah, I want to talk about um, not Perrin. <laughs> Please don't. Well, don't indulge him. Bye. Oh. Good. <laughs> um, Skeen, what did and you think screw about? Screw that guy. What did uh, you I, think about? Screw you know, that guy, too. I, it was obvious that he was going to do what he did. Uh, I could tell as soon as he, in the scene when he's talking to Cassian about the tattoos on his body, I was like, okay, yeah, this guy. I mean, like, I was kind of on the fence with him to begin with, but then at that point I was like, yeah, he's definitely going to yeah, try I to didn't. double cross everyone. Um, and I knew it would build to some sort of a um, tension filled climax between he and Cassian. And I figured Cassian would probably off him. I didn't think it would be quite as unceremoniously as it was, um, you know, just kind of like, done you know it was a very again han solo moment you know cassian to me is just diet han solo with a cause you know, he's in, especially right now he's just in it for the money you know, screw you princess i'm in it for the money you know? so, about it, whatever what well, i'm not being hateful i'm just being honest about it it's an God, objective opinion yeah, oh well i am hateful towards Han. yeah That's you are <laughs> i love harrison i love indy but han can go to hell so, <laughs> there i said it so jealous. I did not um, like skiing. I had a bad feeling about him from the very yeah. beginning, especially because he was just so interested in like what Cassian had on him and mm -hmm. you know, then seeing that he had that kyber crystal. So I guess what did he want to hawk it or something? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I guess it wasn't too surprising that he wanted to run off with the credits. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't, but it you know, it 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 did um it did jolt me when he was uh killed like you said unceremoniously too, it's like wow um it, i wasn't it seems, expecting that yeah i wasn't expecting that either like, um yeah one of the things that um i'm really digging is uh you know the the actors are so good i know um, yeah they really Val, draw me in Val yeah. is amazing. One of my favorite characters, um, and she doesn't say a lot, but just the way that she carries herself is Cinta. Mm -hmm. um, you know, she was left behind on on, on the mission. You know, we're going to see her later, I'm hoping. But um, everybody has been fantastic. Um, there are two... I love how she just calmly walked away at the yeah. end. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was great. There are two... Um, this series is has um, you know given us the first Star Wars swear word and so many other firsts. There are two firsts in this episode. Um, can you guys name them? So first time I watched a Star Wars series completely clothed. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I don't know. First time that I've been disappointed not to see Perrin. So no, I don't, I don't, God. you know, I, I, I really honestly didn't notice anything that was a, yeah, me neither. A first. Go ahead, drop that now. I'm not a nerd. God, yeah, God, bro. So the first, it's the first time that somebody pops a space Tylenol in a Star Wars. Oh, oh. okay. Um, yeah. Deidre, I did uh, notice that. She popped some space Tylenol. I didn't think anything of it. And uh, on the planet, when uh, when Vel and Cinta are, you know, messing with some gear under that rock, those Imperial officers came and one of them um, went over to the side of the rock, unzipped and took a leak. That was the first I time you see. I, some, I didn't catch leak. that he was taking a leak. 
Why did you notice that, Ro? Because yeah. <laughs> I watched the damn show. So yeah. did I, and I'm yeah. not looking for that perverted crap. <laughs> Jeez. Only Bix's undies. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so those are two firsts that uh, I found uh, interesting Somebody whipped myself. it out in Star Wars. Nice. Yeah. Wait, no, he's not the first. R2-D2 is the first. Yeah, R2-D2 whips it out, it out all, the all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and obviously the uh, Space co- space Cocoa Puffs. I the, need uh, me some of those. Those were tricks. Whatever, those tricks man. are for kids. Someone needs to and make And Cyril's that. a child. Yeah, definitely. I, I still uncle, love the character. His uncle I'm, I'm is somebody. His yeah, uncle is somebody, somebody and I want to know who his uncle is. Yeah, yeah, we'll find out. Mm-hmm. I'm still intrigued by the character. I'm very curious to see I what they too, do. I am too, actually. As much I'm as very interested to see if that last shot of him that we saw looking at that hologram of Cassian, you know, is that him, you know, hardening his conviction against Cassian or is it him realizing maybe there's another side to this story. I, you know, I'm kind of curious as to where he's going to go. Considering in the he had to go back home to mommy, I would say he's pretty, he's probably a little bitter. I yeah. think he will, he's bitter and he wants to go after Cassian. Yeah. I have a feeling, you know, at first I thought that he, he's a company man, obviously he's, uh, he's at home back in his mother's basement. I have a feeling that, um, once the empire takes control, he's going to still continue to be a company band, but I have a feeling that later on he's going to change and he's going to see um, Cassian's point of view, or at I least think so too. the rebellion's point of view uh, when it comes to that. I could and see I'm him okay actually joining the empire officially and, and becoming a fulcrum agent. I would love to see that. That would be really cool. Yeah, that would be really interesting. And I think, I think that uh, I think that'll happen. And I'd be I think okay that's with why that because they... he's not really the, tr- at least as far as he's not really the true villain. So in this case, yeah. you you can get away with you know the redemption arc. And they made a point not. to kind of show his humble origins, you know, to really show how far down in the depths of Corazon his house was, and yeah. and yeah. you know how isolated it was, and it looked almost like the apartment complex that. Um, you know, Daniel LaRusso lived in, in, in Karate Kid, you know, it's just, just like <laughs> beat up, Cobra you know, Cobra Guy. No, it's true. It's um, true. No, it's true. I, I keep making the joke that it does. It looks like, you know, one of the boroughs in New York City, yeah. you know. So he can relate to the people that are yeah. downtrodden. He mm-hmm. can. I just think that he needs to be forced to really look at that, you know, and I think that the events with Cassian are going to be what really puts all that in his face and puts it in perspective for him. I think right now he's just pissy because of his situation. And I, I think eventually he'll come around. Yeah. You know, other than Mon Mothma, you know, I mean, Mothma, Mon Mothma, we've got her character from Return of the Jedi and everything, you know, uh, since then. So she's pretty well developed. We don't know. Yes, she um, is. Um, <laughs> Mon Mommy. Anyway, oh, all right, go ahead. What is, <laughs> Wrong show. We're Continue. starting I'm sorry, to we're starting to see the, um, I guess, you know, the setup of all these new characters. You know, nobody, I think right now, nobody knows who they are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we obviously, we talked about, um, we talked about their motivations. We, they don't even know what their motivations are. We're, we're, we're um, you know, we're put into the, the middle of the story and we're trying to figure it out um, along with, uh, with these characters. Um, so I, I think the second half of, of the series of the show is going to be very interesting because, uh, we're going to start to get some answers, I feel. And, um, that should be, that should be pretty interesting. 
Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to see Perrin divorce her. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Tina, that... I'm very moist right now. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what are you doing? This hat's going to soak it up. You are never invited back. <laughs> Oh, so uh, let's uh, talk about the parent in the room. Um, that di- <laughs> that dynamic um, between uh, parent and Mon Mothma is is so uh, cool to see. You know these two characters. I mean, they the ride home. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's your typical married couple that are disconnected. They're yeah. on, on opposite sides of the the back seat there. <laughs> uh-huh. And and when she when when Perrin is is talking to the chauffeur and says, "Can you take the expressway?" You know, obviously he wants to get home right away and not spend a you know another extra minute time with- another minute with her. Um, you know, we're getting to see the um, I guess the ramifications or the 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 results of um, ignoring your family. In this dynamic, you have uh, Mon Mothma's teenage daughter that um, you know talks back to her parent. Obviously, they're disconnected. Um, we see a little bit of that in um, uh, I think it's I think it's the novel Bloodline or Leia, Princess of Alderaan, where you know Leia is um, always trying to get the attention of mom and dad, but mom and dad are there. You go, I'm parent. Okay. Dumb. Trying to have a mature conversation here. Yeah, and I'm listening. Yeah. No, are you? Yeah. (laughs) Yes, I am. But it's kind of interesting because you know you 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 do see that uh, you know these activities um, are uh, you know they 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 take a toll on the the family life, and uh, we're going to get to see a lot more of that obviously with Mon Mothma. I love that. It's hilarious. The eye of Perrin. <laughs> Thanks, DB. I appreciate that one, buddy. Wow. It's too funny. <laughs> he wanted he wanted to get back to his fart cellar quicker. There is somebody somebody had posted somebody had posted a um something on Twitter that said that uh towards the end of this episode mon mothma in the senate they were talking about i forgot what system mm-hmm. they were talking about uh lending help to the gormans or gorans or i forgot what it was but somewhere in a novel or something i i, I remember um that that system that planet was was pretty much destroyed by the empire and i think that might be something that um, is worth remembering when it comes to Mon Mothma's convictions and uh, maybe her uh, need to kind of push the envelope when it comes to, you know, helping the rebellion more or helping the early rebels a little bit more now that uh, the, that her pet project has been pretty much wiped out. Yeah. This, um, Do you think we'll see her connect with the Bothan spy ring? That would be interesting. I mean, this would be yeah, um, kind of set definitely, the stage for Jedi. Yeah, I mean, this will set the stage for her connection to the Bothan spies. I hate Bothans. I <laughs> sent them out to go get coffee once. All dead. They never All came dead. back. All dead. It's one of my favorite memes. 
The Gore, yeah, the Gormans, I think. Are they Jewish? No, no, Gormans. <laughs> yeah but you know i mean overall i think um you know we're halfway through season one i think season you know season two starts shooting in uh in november um and we'll get more andor but uh like i said you know i'm uh i'm really digging this series it's very different than what we've gotten before and i think i welcome it mm-hmm. i mentioned it earlier and some folks you know up top agreed um regarding the change and growth of star wars in order for it to evolve um but i understand that some people really like star wars the way they remember it and that's okay too um any final thoughts? We've been uh, talking for uh, a little over an hour. We had a good discussion, but uh, any uh, final thoughts on this episode or uh, what we've seen so far? Josh? Yeah, no, I'll let you go first. It was good. Okay. I can't wait to see more. All right, but that's Shanti's response. Now it is, it is, it is. It is. <laughs> oh, my God. It is. <laughs> Um no, stop. I love this show. You're such a jerk. <laughs> no, man, I'm show number one, baby. Yeah, no, look, I'm enjoying the show. It's I know some people have a problem with the weekly format. I like the weekly format, and that could just be because I'm a very scheduled anal person and I like knowing, okay, I got this every Wednesday so and it's something to an look- anal person. <laughs> Show them the drawing. Show them the drawing. Um, which one? Oh, God. Uh, you know which one. I, no, no, no. I just, I, I, I'm i loving the show. Again, I can't say enough about the acting. Oh, <laughs> That's my drawing of Garza Flip. Nice. Yeah. Ro has no problem with that. Ro has no problem Send with it that. over. And this is B- my drawing B- of, of Ro seeing Garza Flip. <laughs> is, that a, is that a ribbon on my crotch? Yeah, it's a bow. <laughs> You're presenting. Happy birthday, Garza! Hey, listen, she presents herself, so the least you can do is like return the mail. I got a present for you. What on wrap it? I am. I am like Josh, though. I am very much looking forward to uh, a little bit more of Mon Mothra. So I'm hope Mon Mothma. So I'm hoping, like, I don't know why I said that. I got Godzilla out of my brain. <laughs> so I'm hoping, like. We delve into back into her story actually in this next episode, and that's going to be like the next branch of it. And of course, please, just more Luthen. Give me more Luthen. Yeah. I could not be more in love with Selen Skarsgård on this show. I mean, that ending and him just rejoicing in the back was just absolutely amazing. I love watching him turn it on and off. Yeah, he, he really elevates the entire series. Yeah, I mean, no one really is a bad does. actor by any means, and they've all really given it their all. But I feel like this is probably one of the most standout performances of his career, honestly. I mean, just the, the way he switched. I love that scene yeah. when he opens up his like makeup counter oh, thing and, my all right. and then he just kind of does the motions and he sort of you can tell yeah. he's getting into character. And it was it was just fantastic. He, he really every every yeah. scene that he's in, he just makes it just amazing so i would love to have seen um a few minutes before when the director told him or gave him some tips and you know maybe do this or maybe do that it's just the the mind of of his i guess his um his rationalization for maybe giving that 
that type of performance. You know, obviously, you know, he's switching into character as, you know, Luthen the uh the arms dealer salesman yeah. to Luthen the the antiquities uh you know individual. So it's it's really cool. I mean, even his voice is different. Um yeah. like when, yeah. when he when he's you know working with rebellion, he's got this gruff, very gruff. serious voice. And then when he's in the shop, he's like, Oh, hello, oh, how are you? Yeah. Um yeah, very welcoming Showy. very host yeah, yeah exactly um and I, I really love it just the tr seeing them him flip that transformation on and off like a switch um it really says a lot about the character and how devoted he is how driven he is how much he's willing to sacrifice even himself in order to make sure that the empire pays and that's what i really want to see yeah. is his backstory i want to see we, we we know why cassian's driven i want to see why luthan is I right. want to see what why this guy wants to put together something that is going to just tear everything apart. Right. And and I want to see how he knows about Cassian's past. Yeah. yeah. Has has he's he obviously got him? some connections? I don't know. Serious yeah. connections. Yeah. Very interesting. Excellent. Looking forward to more. A couple of days, we'll get episode six. Mm -hmm. I mean seven. Seven. I don't know where I'm at. <laughs> um excellent thank you guys um scarf after dark let's uh hear a little elevator pitch i know you guys are back with a vengeance next week oh boy are we what boy we are going? we oh tell us, man tell all about it we are talking about the hotties of horror we are Ooh. ending october with a bang and i'm really excited because it's already crazy enough that it's going to be me josh and tina now we're adding the monkey lizard to the mix with Salacious Rose. Right. So I am super excited about this. Um, we have mm -hmm. a couple of surprises in store for our two guests. So we're really looking forward to that. And um, yeah. And I'm Batman. <laughs> so it's going to be a lot of fun. And please like uh, send us send us a tweet on Scarif After Dark on Twitter. Uh, DM uh, either myself or Josh, you know, and Give us your hotties of horror or come to the stream and prepare to talk about, you know, dropping some of your uh, some of your favorite hotties of horror. So send pictures. I like pictures. Yeah. <laughs> like you mean Visual hotties of horror, like you like Elvira. Yes. Or, yeah. or okay. Morticia and Gomez, sure. you know, that kind of stuff. Excellent. All right. Cool. Even the unconventional ones will take, you know, I think I saw someone say that they kind of like michael myers so or, yeah. or nurse nurse cratchit i don't know hey whatever listen i think i think hellraiser's hot so i think penhead's hot there you go so, there you okay. go i got Can't you. Wait. you you guys have a phone number too right we do 786-405-9105 i cannot believe i remember that <laughs> it took me a while to remember the scarif hotline so and you gotta come if only to see how josh and i will be Dressed because we are going to be dressed up for Halloween. I have very nice. two different costumes, that, um, and that alone right. will probably be what gets us kicked off the internet. Most so. likely, because <laughs> we're going to be on a show the day before. It's dark, like in '81, and I'll be wearing one costume for that stream, and then I'll be wearing a different one for Scarif After Dark. So, if uh, Josh isn't wearing anything that accentuates his uh, nipples through latex, then I'm not coming. <laughs> Understandable. Yeah, that's all I got to no, say. Bat nipples will be a flare. It's fun. Oh, my Lord. Excellent. Excellent. Our beautiful chat. In the cave. 
It sure is. <laughs> Our beautiful chat, thank you so much for joining us. We had a whole bunch of people. Um, and like I said, it's always uh, it's always sunny in the chat. They got their own show going over there. That would be uh, really funny to do one day. But uh, thank you, chat, for uh, your support and uh, for sticking around till the end. We had a great conversation. The Eye and or check it out on Disney+. Plus. Um, that cost you one bar of, uh, of Beskar. <laughs> Thank you very much. We love but, you, Ralph. Um, excellent, guys. Until next time, if you are new to the channel, please uh, hit the like and subscribe. But we have a weekly show and uh, on the uh, Holonet, the audio portion of uh, Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast with uh, my Andor shill number one and uh, my other Andor shill number three, who is out to sea. We will see Brad soon. Um, I kind of envy him because he's going to come back and he's going to like binge the entire show. Yeah, he's going to yeah. have a much different perspective, yeah. honestly, being able to sit down and, and knock watch it all out thing. at once. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So that'll be uh, that'll be a, a really but we love interesting... you, Brad. Safe, be safe, please. Listen, Absolutely. be safe. Follow us uh, on the Red 5 Network. If you are interested in other shenanigans, uh, the rest of the Red 5 Network, check out the pinned tweet on Red 5 Network on the Twitter account or just go to bio.link slash Red 5. You'll find all of us there. And that's about it, guys. We'll see you next time on Scarif Live when we talk about Andor some more. Uh, but we got a couple of good shows coming up. We're going to do another episode of five questions this time with our buddy, Toby. And um, I'm prepping a wonderful show with uh, our friends, Andy plus verb or at plus verb and uh, Melanie, our wonderful friend, Melanie. Yeah, we love those two, mm -hmm. but we're going to be talking about werewolf by night. Uh, Disney Plus also, so, so that should be uh, that should be that'll drop Thursday. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is Ro. That's Josh. Put on a shirt. And this is Andor. Uh, talk to you guys later. That's the scuttlebutt. Shanti, we'll see you. We'll see both of you guys for breakfast. Have a little coffee. Red five coffee in the morning. Yay. Nobody sleeping. Nobody sleeps in. No. <laughs> Talk to everybody later. That's the scuttlebutt. Bye.